of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain, welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. I'm going to silence my computer, which just went haywire on me. Delighted to be with you on this Thanksgiving Thursday. Thanks for sharing some time with us. We believe it's very common sense, very common sense conservatism on this program. We are so excited to have you, so welcome home. We're going to give you what I believe is a scoop of truth before you sit down with your families today. You're going to have people from all walks of life possibly in your home. Family you haven't seen, friends, neighbors, who knows how you do it at your house. And you need to be armed. You need to be ready to rock and roll. Whether or not you drop any nuggets of truth on your guests, you need to know what's going on. So we're going to serve it up to you today. Delighted. Delighted to have you. And if you are frequent flyers of the program, Wendy Bell Radio Network app in our merchandise store, everything 15% off so you can get something for the person in your life for Christmas or whatnot. 15% off with the promo code. Thankful for you. Thankful number four and the letter U. Join us in saying the most important part of today's show. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Amen. I'm super excited this morning before I left for the radio station. I took out that box that I had received about six weeks ago, eight weeks ago from my aunt. The one I told you about that had this beautiful, beautiful 100, I think in 10 inch tablecloth from my Bell family heritage. It was something that my great grandma used. And I have it. Laid out in my kitchen right now for my guests. We're going to have 19 people tonight. Super excited about that. And I hope you guys have a wonderful celebration however you do it. Today, though, we've got to get through some of the news because today might be one of those days they like to bury things. And I want to start with the Middle East right now. And I know a lot of people have been paying attention to this whole idea of a ceasefire. And more importantly, I believe, is the exchange of human beings which in war, as has always been, have been used as the collateral. Well, apparently there's been a pause in this whole idea of a ceasefire and this hostage swap or whatever it's going to work out to be until tomorrow. But that didn't stop the media from getting their grips 
on the story in an effort to do what basically is the theme of today's show. It is about various iterations of control. And control comes in many colors, many stripes. But when the media want to control public opinion, when they decide what is news, what is not news, you dance on that very delicate line called propaganda. Well, we're well past the line. They've invaded into the world of propaganda. And it's been proven because I have two very interesting stories that just underscore why we need to pay attention to, quote, unquote, the news. They're not telling us the truth. ABC News. This was a headline. They said Israel had violated a ceasefire that in the beginnings of conversations, was supposed to begin today. But in reality, that's not even close to what happened, ABC News, because Israel couldn't violate a ceasefire that had not yet begun. That tricky, pesky thing called, I don't know, facts and time, kind of a big deal. Here's your story. We are hearing that there has been a 24-hour pause on the release of the hostages held by Hamas. And that certainly is putting loved ones... Through another 24 hours of angst and hell. The deal will see Israel release 150 Palestinian terrorists and observe this temporary ceasefire. ABC News reported Israel military forces, however, continued to bomb the Gaza Strip yesterday morning despite this agreement on a ceasefire. Yeah, unfortunately, the ceasefire hadn't started yet. This is not some oversight by ABC. We are getting an endless barrage of headlines that are all geared towards pro-Palestinian ideas and anti-Israel anything. And we're seeing this rampantly all over the world. I mean, it's truly mesmerizing to watch. Because if we agree at the very onset, at at the beginning of this conversation, if we could eliminate people dying, that would be glorious. Of course, it doesn't happen in war. But can we just get to the facts? The two sides are going to sit down, agree to something. This is great. We'll keep you posted. No. ABC News has to get involved and share a phony baloney headline. This was their tweet yesterday. Despite reaching an agreement with Hamas on a temporary ceasefire, in exchange for the release of dozens of hostages, the Israeli military continued to bombard the Gaza Strip This morning. Now, this is where the added context opportunity on Twitter is great. Because you can click a button and be like, you know what? I'm going to add something to this. This isn't the whole story. We appreciate some of this, right? The agreed to ceasefire, one person adds, does not take effect until Thursday. Oops. Another person replies to ABC's tweet. Looks like there's still some time to delete this before the community roll or the community note, rather, debunking it gets attached. I'd hurry. Well, they didn't operate fast enough. Another person writes this. You should follow more closely the news. The agreement will start tomorrow morning in more than 17 hours. And this one. Your tweet wrongly implies Israel is violating the pause in hostilities. Hamas says the pause does not begin until 10 a.m. Thursday, local time. Did you know that? Or are you purposefully slanting your coverage? Well, is that 
as bad or worse than CNN covering a story of this release of the Palestinians who've been held by Israel, 150 people. They found a mom whose daughter is one of these prisoners. Now, if you watch the story, which is two minutes long, pretty good for network evening news, you would believe that here is this woman and she is grieving the loss of her daughter who since 2015 has been stuck in some gulag in Israel. How dare these people? All she wants is her daughter back. Well, you know, there have been some pretty revolting takes trying to find some equivalence between Hamas releasing 50 hostages it took on October 7th and Israel releasing 150 Palestinians from prison. What did the hostages do to be kidnapped aside from being Israeli on the one side? Israel isn't releasing hostages. It's releasing prisoners who were either convicted or are awaiting trial. CNN International decided to talk to the mother of one of the prisoners set to be released. But do you know what interesting factoid they left out? What did the young woman do? To land up in an Israeli prison since 2015 CNN. Well, I guess they didn't feel the need to discuss how her daughter was arrested and detained for stabbing an Israeli police officer. Do you see the subtle omissions? The way the media can craft a headline to create the illusion of culpability on one side or super aggressive behavior. Last time I checked, it was Israel who was invaded by barbarians, by savages who relished in the joy of doing some of the most hideous things another human being can do to one person. And they did it to 1,200. So as we go through today's program, I want you to pay close attention to these headlines. They are purposeful. And the meaning is obviously to get you to believe one thing or another, to lean one way or another, to believe a narrative that they are crafting that is unbelievable. How do you do an entire segment without mentioning why this young woman is in prison? Because she was part of the stabbing intifada wave in October of 2015 where she stabbed a 19-year-old soldier and stole his weapon. Okay. That is where the war talk today will end. But it is a very purposeful trampoline jump off into a whole slew of headlines today. Do you guys remember the story of the young man who worked at the bank and just snapped, bought himself an AR-15, if I'm not mistaken, and went into his bank and mowed down five of his white colleagues. Well, quietly, yesterday, some of that young man's journal entries, drip, 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 right before a holiday, became public. And they are being kept quiet for, again, a very purposeful propagandist reason. 
And we're going to set the table of today's show for you here in just a moment. All right, when we come back, let's talk about this. Giving thanks for exactly what? Did you guys think about fast food for Thanksgiving? Because a hell of a lot of our American cohorts are doing just that today. What? All right, we'll dive into it. Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You know how we like studies and polls and things like that. I think, if anything, it's just a, a snapshot of public opinion at a certain particular time, right? How about this story from Casino.org? I can tell you I've never been on this site before, but the most Googled fast food chains on Thanksgiving. I'm like, why would people be Googling? Well, as McDonald's reigns as the number one, America's number one Thanksgiving takeout order, according to 16 states, Wendy's comes in number two, Burger King three. And I want you to hear this beyond that. Take, take what you will from that. People don't want to cook. You want to know why? You want to say it's money? That's probably some of it. Laziness. 21.7% of the people who said they are inclined to go get fast food on Thanksgiving say they're too lazy to cook. This is crazy. And Breitbart picked up this story. We find this interesting. More Americans celebrate Thanksgiving with fast food. A new study shows that more Americans will be celebrating Thanksgiving with fast food as opposed to a traditional feast with inflation, obviously being one of the chief causes. Amid ongoing uh, inflation, no surprise, finances are a factor in the rise of the fast food Thanksgiving. This Thanksgiving isn't about fast. Thanksgiving isn't about convenience. It's not about speed. And up until recently, it really has never been about the expense. Turkeys, by and large, I mean, obviously now everything sucks price-wise, but it's a ridiculous affordable meal. And even still with inflation, it's like six bucks and 15 cents on average to feed per person in your family. But it's, it's beyond that. Thanksgiving is about family it is about bringing in people as i'm sure you've done i've done it people who might be orphans meaning they're not traveling and they don't have folks coming in and maybe they'd be home by themselves we've all done it where you extend an invitation to somebody who maybe is going through a tough time or doesn't have anywhere to go that's what it is it is the smell it is the warmth of the kitchen it is the food yeah But it's that feeling of being together and giving thanks. And this article talks about how many people feel as though they don't have a reason to be thankful today. And that's what gets me. It's not that perhaps you are by yourself and you don't want to have to cook. And who wants to eat alone on a day like today? And so it's easy to go through a drive-in drive through, I should say. This idea, though, that it's not a good time in this country, that there isn't stuff to celebrate, that families, because of many reasons over the last several years, have seen each other through different lenses. And we don't always like what we see. That's not anything new. But it's sad. I think 
The survey based on Google Trends research, which shows a high spike in fast food searches on Thanksgiving. The recent report from the American Farm Bureau Federation said that headlines about a decline in Thanksgiving prices have been overblown, considering they're just a slight bit lower than 2022's historically high prices. But it's this prevailing malaise, I think, that I find alarming. And I don't know, was it ushered in by the government thinking it was a good idea to give people, quote unquote, free money as some kind of a bribe to stay home? When in reality, what the government was trying to do was crash the country. It wasn't about a virus. It was about opening the door to the destruction from within. And I think if you pay attention to this program and the headlines that we cover, it's hard to deny that. We have a generation of young people out there who are looking at their world who are graduating from college or who've left high school and are now working, and they don't feel that safety and that security and the belief that anything is possible because they are taught to be victims. Don't go out and work hard. The system is rigged against you. Don't judge someone based on their extraordinary innate characteristics, who they are, what they do. Judge them based on what they look like. This is all culminating now in this feeling, this lack of patriotism, this lack of enthusiasm, and this lack of desire to give thanks. And I reject that. I totally reject that. No matter how bad things are in this country, no matter how dire the circumstances, no matter how great the government bureaucratic overreach, no matter the extent which is dizzying of obvious corruption, money wasting, fraud, and now a true danger. I mean, you saw yesterday at the Rainbow Bridge, all this breathless reporting, a possible terror attack from Canada into the United States. No, that's, that's not what it was. But we're on pins and needles now, waiting for the next virus, waiting for the next attack, waiting for the next gross overreach into our constitutionally protected freedoms. I get it. But we are going to present to you a different story. We're going to take a while to get there today, but we're going to get there. I want to know what it is that makes Democrats believe they should relinquish their personal freedoms to the bureaucratic garbage of big government. I have something I need to drop on you. And we're going to do it here in the next next segment. This poll, which shows very eye-opening demographic differences among us, when it comes to the idea that the government and big tech, big media, big all of it, should control what you say and what you're allowed to hear. What... It's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So I scratch my head, not just on a Thanksgiving holiday where I get a little bit more pensive, but all the time. What is it about certain kinds of people that that makes them want to be controlled? Why is it that Democrats believe so much in big government? I mean, think about liberal versus conservative. And this made me think last night because one of my sons was making a recipe. 
And he wanted to know what a liberal dose of such and such an ingredient was. And we tried to explain to him how it's, it's you know, a pretty good chunk. Pretty good. Big, right? And then conservative, if it said conservative, what it would be a small... Think about just that in terms of politics. Conservatives want little, little government, little taxes, little rules, fewer regulations, more freedom, more ability for you to be whatever the hell you want to be, to get out of your way so that you can achieve that. Democrats want to make it, liberals want to make it complicated. They want rules. They want new regulations, new parameters, all sorts of bean counters, new paperwork, bureaucracy, garbage. And I I just don't understand it. Because something major has happened to our parents' and grandparents' Democrat Party. It's off the rails. You want to say that the right wing of Republicans is this MAGA idea? Hell yeah, I'm about that. A hundred percent. Because moderate, wishy-washy, in the middle Republican Party people, rhinos, what have they done for us? What did they do for us under Donald Trump? We had all three branches. They did nothing. You want to go for extreme? Extreme love of country? of nationalistic pride, of America first, America always, and you want to try to create that as being a negative, then you might as well think that my flag is offensive. And if that would be the case, we're going to have some issues. This poll, though, if we're going to talk about what's today's main course, you're going to say Turkey. I'm going to say it's censorship. This idea that we need to be protected under the overarching umbrella of safety. Why, why is it that so recently we have a government that is more concerned about doing quote-unquote things to protect us, which, of course, is code for stealing our liberty, our freedom, our constitutional rights, than they feel in leaving us alone? Well, it's control. And you know it's control. So there's this website. It's called Issues and Insights. Their website is, if you go on to like your toolbar, it's issuesinsights.com. But the actual website name is called Issues and Insights. And they do these very interesting polls that go deeper than blank percent of Democrats versus blank percent of independents and Republicans think blah. They go into nuance of demographics, of regions, to identify trends. And then they tell you what they see and then you connect the dots. I like that about this. This is the head, the title of this individual poll. In quotes, democracy dies in darkness. Now, this is, of course, below the masthead of the Washington Post, right? Democracy dies in darkness. Please. Washington Post has been dark for years. Dems overwhelmingly back big tech and government censorship, says this new poll. Why? is that and what kinds of people where do they live who are they maybe if we can diagnose and connect those dots we can get to the root of the problem you know the root of the problem is public education but not to spoil it for you here here's your story americans have come to realize that being online can mean having your speech rights curtailed but that does not mean they like it 
Indeed, they mostly oppose the idea, in particular when it's big tech and big government censoring together. According to this latest I&I Issues and Insights tip poll. With growing complaints over online censorship, the online national poll taken from November 1st through the 3rd asked 1,400 respondents the following question. Do you approve or disapprove of big tech companies working with federal agencies to engage in online censorship? This is apropos. It's timely. We know that Facebook, we know that Twitter, YouTube, Google, all of them have been infiltrated by this revolving door of government lackeys who either leave where they are in the government to come over into the technology world to control what we do, or they just directly influence across that barrier. Hey, we don't like this person who's conservative posting this. Maybe you guys ought to check it out. We know this in the Twitter files that Elon Musk has made available. With growing complaints, as we should say, But we should say also that most people don't want the government getting involved in their business. For most people, the answer is a negative. Of those who responded, 43% say they either disapproved of government and large tech and social media firms cooperating with each other to curb Americans' speech strongly or somewhat. By comparison, 36% say they approve of it strongly. Yeah, I believe government big tech should come totally come in and silence Certain ideas, 36%. They approve of it strongly or somewhat. And then another large group, 22% say, I I don't really know. That's scary to me. You don't know if you want the government to control what you're allowed to say and have access to. So the relative closeness of the responses, though, is kind of deceptive. When broken down by demographics and political affiliation, surprisingly sharp differences between and within different groups emerge. Let's start with politics. Democrats overwhelmingly approve of big tech and big government censoring online content. 57% approve to just 25% who disapprove. More than half of Democrats polled approve of their government and of social media censoring online content. That is scary. How about Republicans? Almost the exact opposite. You'd expect this. 26% approve. That's scary. 54% disapprove. Similarly, independents approve by just 21%, disapprove by 52%. So Republicans and independents are nearly identical with the Democrats being the far left outlier. This is important. We're going to be hearing about trying to court the independents. It's all they talk about in the final days leading up to an election. Got to get the independents. Well, if this is any judge... Independents are more inclined to be conservative-minded than liberal. All right, how about this? Men and women see the issue quite differently, it seems. Men favor the government big tech censorship alliance with 47% approving, 40% disapproving. Women, not so much. Only 25% approve, 46% disapprove. So two to one, women say... I don't really think that the government and big tech should silence me. But this is interesting. The big difference, just 13% of men said they were not sure compared with 30% of women. One in three women polled 
said they were not sure if government and big tech censoring speech is a good idea. What? Ladies, hello. What are we doing? Race is another big gap. White Americans are strongly anti-censorship at just 27% approving, 47, 49% rather disapproving. Black and Hispanic Americans, meanwhile, are about the reverse. 51% approve of censorship, 32% disapprove. Also surprising, of the four broad age groups. So who wants us to be controlled more? Older people, middle-aged people, or young people? This is very interesting. Of the four broad age groups tracked each month, only one strongly supports censorship. The 25 to 44 age group. 56% of the people in that age group, 25 to 44, believe that the government and technology, they should be able to silence you. What's going on? Is this the, the spawn of the cultivating, the indoctrination, the, the, the mind wash of public education telling students that big government is good and that people who tell the truth, who believe in freedom of expression, of speech, of all of it, are inherently a danger? Message resonating. 25 to 44. 56% believe the government should be able to silence you in conjunction, with, in conjunction with big media, big tech. Other groups broadly disapprove. 18 to 24, no, they don't want it. 45 to 64, no, they don't want it. And the strongest of all, those 65 plus. 53% say, get the hell out of my info. Also surprising, we're going to continue with this, differences emerge by region. The Northeast... Well, what do you think is the most conservative-based segment of the country? Brock, do you have an idea? So here's, I, I, here are your options, all right? You have the Northeast, you have the South, you have the Midwest, and you have the West. Where do you think the people who want to be left alone the most, who would push back against censorship the most, would be? I would say the South and the Midwest. One, you got to choose one. The Midwest. Absolutely correct fascinating northeast the northeast 38 percent approve of censorship 39 percent disapprove break even same with the south 42 yes 41 no but anti-censorship sentiment is strongest in the midwest where 23 percent approve 51 percent disapprove that the urge for censorship on the web comes from the political left is confirmed by recent revelations of government social media efforts to tamp down disinformation. This was well before the 2020 election. This is this is this is so key for us to be able to understand the idea, the thought process. These are the people you see in the grocery store wearing masks. The people who believe that the government should control, should be the arbiters of what is real information and what is fake. That's scary. The people in the Midwest, the Rust Belt, think about this, the hardworking, the heartland, the truck drivers, the nurses, the people who are farming, all of the machinations of the supply chain, where people get dirty for a living, 
How is it that they can see so much more clearly than those on the coasts, those in those rich northeast cities and communities? What is it that allows the Midwest to see so clearly what everybody else seems to be blind to? Once we answer that question, we can crack the code. All right, don't go anywhere. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio Program, Air Force backtracking big time. Did you guys hear about what happened in North Dakota where Air Force airmen were urged and basically threatened with their jobs if they attended a conservative political rally? Talk about silencing your First Amendment rights next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. We follow a lot of trends on this Wendy Bell Radio program. Trends following the leader, fake news, garbage coverage, propaganda, indoctrination, social media madness, wokeness, all sorts of stuff on this program. But we all, I think one of the things we enjoy doing most is paying attention to people rising up and pushing back. And I've always said it takes one. It takes one person to stand up and say, screw you. No, I will not. It took 8,000 of those someones in the military to say to the Department of Defense, no, I will not take something that I don't believe my body needs. I don't believe in how it was made. I don't believe that there's been enough science behind it. And I'm against it. I don't like my government, my military telling me I've got to take a shot. 8,000 of those someones stood up. This is encouraging. Redstate.com headline, Air Force Backtracks. (laughs) Air Force Backtracks from warning members to avoid a conservative political rally. How freaking dare you? And they scratch their heads. I don't understand why people aren't signing up. Maybe because you suck. How about that? The Air Force and the command structure at Minot Is it Minot? I think it is. Minot Air Force Base, North Dakota. I even searched for the pronunciation and I forgot it. Super duper. They're backpedaling to distance themselves from a message distributed on the installation that labeled Turning Point Action an, quote, alt-right organization. What does that even mean to you guys? What is alt-right? Because alt-right means to me MAGA. Making America Great Again, which I'm all for. Alt-right organization, without explaining what that was, of course. And cautioned airmen that attending the conservative political rally could result in them being forced to leave the Air Force. What? Now, I think by and large, there's usually three things. If you go to a rally, whatever the political bent of it is, you don't go what, during your shift, during your time that you're on the clock, you don't go in uniform and you don't go and publicly address a crowd. You can go in civilian clothes where you wish to participate. Well, apparently not. So here's how it started. Tuesday... Red State had reported on a message circulating that the Air Force Base, it's the only Air Force Base to host both 
strategic bombers and these uh, ballistic missiles, the ICBMs, just to give you like the backdrop of who these people are. The fifth bomb wing operates 26 B-52 aircraft and the 91st missile wing operates 150 ICBM sites. The message on a popular non-official Facebook page purported to synopsize an official base leadership message. The message subject was the November 17th Dakota Patriot Rally. The rally was locally organized. A senior member of Turning Point Action, which is a political advocacy group, was the headlining speaker. Turning Point Action was characterized as an alt-right organization. Airmen were told that the crowd attached might be confrontational with Air Force personnel. Makes you kind of wonder about the IQ of the person who posted that. Since conservatives and what we believe in, 100% intrinsically pro-military, pro-service. Airmen were warned, quote, that participation with groups such as Turning Point Action could jeopardize their continued service in the U.S. military. Say what? Are you threatening us? Well, given the obsession in some parts of the military in rooting out extremists, certainly that latter was not seen as an idle threat, that part about do so at your own risk. While you give up some First Amendment rights on joining the military, you're not stripped of them. Basic rules about the political rallies we just went through. Go off duty, wearing civilian clothes, don't be a speaker. Other than that, you should be able to do what you want. And while turning point personalities may have engaged in some public whatever commentary on social media as of late, it's certainly not an alt-right organization. Well, Apparently, people went crazy. North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer on the phone with the Air Force Chief of Staff, David Alvin Stat. He was so hacked off. And so then the base <gasps> issued a correction. Amazing what happens when people push back. The Air Force Base is aware that an unofficial message about a local event in the city of Minot was sent a text message in a group. The message was based on incorrect data. That's code for a programming glitch. Oops, a coding error, whatever. Same idea. And sent outside of official base messaging platforms. Once the area or error was identified, the base security officials corrected the message traffic to categorize the event as a local political fundraiser with no security concerns. Yeah, well, they did that four days afterwards. Four days afterwards, they say, wait, we identified. We shouldn't have done that. Somebody, that was a problem. We didn't authorize that. Isn't that what Anheuser-Busch said, too? Oh, we didn't authorize that relationship with Dylan Mulvaney, only for us to find out later that they were paying him $180,000 a year. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you did. Why not just man up and say, this is what we believe in. Take it or leave it. So lo and behold, pushback actually works, ladies and gentlemen. How dare part of the military threaten its own personnel who, last time I checked, volunteer to serve? How dare you come down on one side of politics over another? It's almost predictable, isn't it? All right. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program. Minutes away. This is an unfortunate reality. I don't think MAGA is the problem. Controlling the narrative is. I've got proof of that in a mass shooter's documents. This guy was not conservative. Next. Next.